salmon broth like things. Hey Sam. Hi. How's it going? Good. Are you here? To, are you here to do a show? I I am. I'm here to do episode 53 of our show. What's our show called? It's called Sam and Ross Like Things. It's a show about uh, what happens when people stop being polite and start liking stuff. Did you know that um, my wife? Valerie, anyway, I'm Sam. I had a I had a real world story. Oh, please. Uh, my Did wife, you submit a tape? No, but someone on the internet was like, "Is there anyone out there who would be willing for research sciences?" To watch real world episodes and do like research for me, and, uh-huh. and Valerie was like, "It is my duty to do this for and you." Did she? Yeah, she's she signed up to do it. Is she got to recently? pick her seat. Yeah, she hasn't started yet. I don't think. But really? She, Can are they are there slots? You should ask Val. She would. She'll know. She'll be able to tell you. Does it include Real World Rules Challenge? You know, I'm not sure. Um, I think it might have just been Real World, and she got to pick seasons. So I, I think she picked who? San Francisco, Boston. Her her top picks were seasons one, two, and three, but I think she ended up with three. That's the best one. So you, you know, this has a lot to do with our show. All right. I think it actually kind of does because she likes. Yeah, she Real does. World, so right? uh, who are you? <laughs> yes. Anyway, I am Ross, and I'm married to Valerie of that previous story. Hi, and I'm still Sam. Yep. Uh, and this is a show where we talk about things that we like with no hedging. Just like your thing. Just like your thing. Yeah. Boom. Top of the show. Top of the show. Done. Sam, done. What? The top of the show is done. Sam, I have a question for you. Yes. Did you go to the P.O. Box? Uh-huh. Did you? Yes, but I left. Ah! <laughs> we got a postcard. And it's a mysterious postcard a, until a mysterious postcard from, from Atlanta? I don't know. <sighs> I left it on my nightstand, and on the OmniFocus, it said, remember the thing, dummy. Well, you can just defer your OmniFocus task for two weeks. Yeah, so next time, we will have P.O. Box mail. Okay. For great. sure, because I got it. Do we Do we want to continue with the top of the show, into the next part of the show? We're going to go the, into follow-up. Wow. I need more of this delicious bourbon. This is good bourbon. Um, Sam, it is now the month of May. Yeah. And one of my favorite things ever has is back. It's back. It's Mima DeMay. Mima DeMay. She's back in town. She's back. It's like a bringing all the good girls and Uh, boys. (laughs) (laughs) This is like a deep cut inside joke, but I love it so much. It makes me smile. But you'll remember last May, Mm -hmm. someone I think. Maggie, listener Maggie, submitted like a thing. One of the stuff that she liked was hashtag Mima DeMay. Mm-hmm. And we had a whole conversation about who is this Mima DeMay and like why was, what was her deal? And it turns out that <laughs> it's just me made May. Yeah. And it's where you make your own clothes, right? Yeah, which is also great. Which is super awesome. You feel like Mima DeMay would make her own clothes. I do. She's probably awesome at making her own yeah. clothes. Um, so just everyone, you know, remember, take, take some time in yeah. this May to remember Mima DeMay. Yep. Also, Ross, yes. on my feet. I'm going to look on the, oh, there they are. I just took those off. What I'm, wearing, those? I'm wearing Zurich shoes, which was a resurrected like prime of yours. They yeah, exist. it was a light prime. It turned to dust and now it's back. As soon as you said, Zurich shoes are back. I was like, I want some of those. And they're super comfy. They're it's great. like wearing slippers, but outside. Yeah. And I think, as I said in episode like two yeah. or whatever, I think you can get away with being there. They're, they're a fancier slip-on and you can be in a work environment with them in certain work environments i'm yep. gonna i'm gonna wear them to a rehearsal dinner whoa with a, with a suit you can pull that off anyone can pull it off sam <laughs> 
Um, I had another follow-up. This is a follow-up heavy show. Uh-huh. I had a really good food burrito the other day. Tell me about the food burrito. Okay, so I had made hamburgers the night before. Yeah. So I got the hamburger. I crumbled it up. I put some leftover pasta sauce that I had in the refrigerator that was probably close to like getting moldy, but just not yet. <laughs> borderline. <laughs> yeah, borderline. So I put that on there. Some string cheese that I strung okay. and put on there. And then some pepperoni, and then like you know pizza, and then boom, yeah, put that thing on the on the on the as you call it the skittle, and just, <laughs> the skittle, and just grilled that thing up. It was awesome. That's a good food burrito right there. Pizza burrito, yeah, I like wonderful. It. All right, <sighs> all right, Ross, Samuel, how long's the list? Hit me. Uh, six hundred items long for stuff other people like. Are you ready? Hydrated? Gotta uh, stay hydrated. Sure. You know, I made a mistake tonight because I've got my water bottle here, which we all know I love. But contained within the water bottle is fizzy water, which we all also know I love. Yeah. And so I let's do see if I can do some foley work. That wasn't very good. But wait, listen, let's 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 all <laughs> we'll see if that makes it through. That's some good foley. Um all right. So we're all hydrated. Here we go, Sam. This is a giant awesome list. Cat who I'm married to likes Rusty Lake puzzle game series. Tell me more. So there's this series of iOS games and I think on other platforms too, where it's basically like the room or mist style game oh. and there's like 20 of them uh and she bought them all and has been playing them and i've been playing with them too the only thing is they're creepy on the creepy side so they'll be like you gotta poke a dead bird with a stick oh. type of tell me what level of creepiness 10 year old boy creepy um depends on the 10 year old boy okay there are some jump scares and it's like mm. it's it's not gory sure. it's just kind of disturbing think mm. twin peaksy okay uh and yeah, they're great. I've been playing them. Uh, JR, who is my son, likes having sleepovers with his friend Emmett. Ooh. Yeah, they've been doing that trade and sleepovers lately. It's great. Yeah. Kurt likes six weeks left of school. Mm-hmm. I was hanging out with a high school kid the other day, and they, and I was like, I don't know, you guys like almost done with school. And that high school kid knew to the day. <laughs> she was like, this many days? I was like, whoa. It's right. nice when things end. Yeah, definitely. Um, Steven likes John Cena awkwardly playing a piano. This is the wrestling John Cena. Oh, not the... Not Michael Sarah. No, this is a different person. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he is playing, for some reason, that song, Where Is My Mind, that Pixie song. I don't know it. Um, you would know it if you heard it. Uh, Jennifer likes uh, the Animals Inside Out exhibit at the Science Museum. Yeah, I saw that. I haven't. Oh, you saw the exhibit? Mm-hmm. I saw the one where there's humans without skin. Is it that sort of thing? Yes, but animals. This sounds better than humans without there skin. There are giraffe. There's a giraffe. Whoa. There's a shark. A shark? A shark. There's oh, a, that's cool. There are, there's some human, too. There's I like say everything's rabbit. better without skin. So this is an exhibit where a bunch of dead animals who were not killed for this exhibit, but were um, part of other like veterinary research, like uh, ethically sourced sure. animals that died anyway, uh, that are like plasticized. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they've cut like sections so you can see like what is inside the animal. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Matt likes smooth jazz covers of songs smooth from the Super Mario games. games. Have oh. you heard of any of these? We should I have haven't. asked Matt for his what... Is there an album of these smooth jazz covers of Super Mario game songs? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's good. Dun, dun, dun. Um, maybe you've got a. Maybe you should make the album. Um, Caitlin likes blank T-shirts from Cotton Bureau. Oh, huh, you can just get them blank. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, Kelly likes Phoebe Robinson's interviews on So Many White Guys, which is a podcast. Okay. And Phoebe's a comedian. Um, Braxton likes 
well, he, this is like a story that he likes, I guess. Uh, I was riding on the Capitol, this is him speaking. I was riding on the Capitol trail under the elevated train track while a train was moving overhead and I waved at the passengers of a canal boat tour and they enthusiastically waved back. There's lots of transportation going on there mm-hmm. and everyone That's seemed like they're having a great like time. Like a Richard Scarry drawing. Uh, yeah, it is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Braxton also likes the, this is an Italian, Giro d'Italia. Which stands for gold bug. That's how you say gold bug in Italian. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Brett likes huge bike lane on Broad Street before buses start running. Now, now that, Brett. Now listen, Brett. Brett, that is not a <laughs> bike lane. So, so some clarification is maybe necessary. If you are in, if you are in the part where this bus lane is in Richmond, so let's clarify. Yes. So. Uh, we have the GRTC Pulse is starting soon. It's a bus rapid transit. June 24th. And there are bus lanes in the city city on Broad Street now that are not in use by buses except for testing. Correct. Uh, so there's these big wide open lanes that cars are not allowed in. Yeah. Bikes are like, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go in there. Yeah. So the clarification is when that bus lane is in the middle of the street, mm-hmm. you are not allowed to ride your bicycle mm-hmm. there. When they're on the edges of the street, you may ride your bicycle there. Yeah, and there'll be a sign. There'll be a sign. So I'm going to assume that Brett knows that and is just on the outside when, when it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, Liz likes Lewis Gander Botanical Gardens, Boomtown Richmond, 92.9 FM. Do you think that's all one thing or do you think there is a comma missing there? I think uh, what Boomtown. Boomtown sounds- Richmond, 92.9 FM. The Piz. <laughs> <laughs> that was a character from Real World, wasn't it? <laughs> That's the, that's the Miz. That's the Miz. What's the Piz? The Piz. <laughs> the Piz. I have. No, is that the guy from? Um, oh, it's from a show from uh, Parks and Rec, right? Yeah. The radio guy. The no. Piz. <laughs> what was his name? Like the Piz in the morning or whatever. His name was like the. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going in. The that's show. true. That's true. Um, Liz also likes. The New York Yankees. Hmm. Sam, are you into baseball this season? We've had no, some baseball chats, no? No, not so much. Just because of time or, or what? Mostly time mm-hmm. and the blackouts. and Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Val likes when a big event you help plan goes well and is over and getting to spend one-on-one time with my friend's kid. That's charming. That's Val I'm married to, by the way. Nice. Uh, Paul likes walking through Capitol Square twice a day. I do. I like walking through Capitol Square. I you, People should do that whenever there's a chance. Yeah, I work downtown, and it's in between the two places I go through. That's so, yeah. great. Jamie likes jalapeno hummus from the farm at Red Hill. Mm. Tito's gimlets. Friend of the show, Casey Liss, likes him some Tito's. Mm-hmm. And then Hot Wheels little toy car. Do you think those are different than regular Hot Wheels? Hot Wheels are toy car, little toy car. Yeah. Do you think the Hot Wheels little toy car is even like a smaller Hot Wheel? Like a Micro Machine Hot Wheel? Well, if it doesn't say Micro Machines, it's not the real thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. All right, Steven likes CVSA soccer. A big part of lives, wait, a big part of the lives of hundreds of Richmond residents. What is CVSA soccer? I'm going to say it's Central Virginia Soccer Association. Ah. I'm, I don't know. I'm making it up. But I do yeah. I do know that Steven plays a lot of soccer. Okay. Uh, Brian likes all the Mantis background stuff in Infinity War. Did yeah. you see the new Avengers, Sam? Nope, but I read all the spoilers. Whoa, I have done neither of the things. Yeah. Okay. If you have read... Are you spoiling me right now? Uh, I'm spoiling... Did you read the original of Infinity Gauntlet? No. Okay. Moving on. All right, Ashley likes... Watching the sunset at the farm with a glass of White Plains Farm and Vineyard Viognier. Did I do that, that right? Sounds nice. Yeah, I like. Um, I like farms. I like farms. I like. I like sunset alcohol times. Yeah. Um, I like hearing um, wilderness bug sounds. As long as I'm not like getting bit by them. Oh yeah, screen porch action maybe. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Jenny likes allergy medicine, free wine, English muffin bread. Free wine! <laughs> English muffin bread, and the wait, seven... Wait, wait, yeah, wait, 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 wait. yeah is, I had some questions. Go ahead. Is English muffin bread like a loaf of bread, but tastes like an English muffin? That's how I would interpret that. And then my immediate next question was, why don't one, oh, I had a lot of immediate next yeah, questions. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why don't we do that all the time? Yeah. Why is that not just, why is that not just called English bread? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she can follow us up. Okay. Um, and then the 70s smash hit playlist on Apple Music, Ooh. which I'm going to, I'm going to dig into because that sounds great. Where can we find music that people like, Ross? So Sam, you can find it on the Sam and Ross like music playlist on Apple Music, but I didn't put this in there because I felt like it would be, sometimes those playlists have like 200 tracks on them. Oh yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to, I didn't know what to do. So I didn't do anything. That sounds like us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Clarabelle likes pink flowers, unicorns, and playing doggies and kitties. That's Aww, adorable. That is adorable. And then Cash likes jumping on my trampoline. Clarabelle and my, my friend Cole. Aww. Lisa likes my clematis. This is a flower. I looked it up on the internet. Okay. Which just bloomed for the first time in five years. And then setting pinata world records. We just had a pinata situation in town. Tell me more. I didn't go to it, but there was supposed to be a pinata, a pinata thon, a pinata world record. Was it? quantity of pinatas or was it like a trojan horse sized <laughs> pinata no i think it was quantities of pinata unfortunately okay. um maybe not unfortunately i don't know but i think it's more amusing to perhaps imagine a giant pinata um and then Lisa likes an opening night of Friday Cheers. I'm going to go to a Friday Cheers this year. I don't normally go because I don't like live music. But <laughs> my son just went to a live music thing and he enjoyed it. So Oh, now you got to go to them all yeah, the time. Yeah, so now I'm going to maybe do that. Um, Eva likes baby smiles. It's adorable too. Richard likes that my vintage Bridgestone road bike is back on the road and that there is new cycling infrastructure on Franklin Street. There is. It's right by my uh, window at my office. I've been watching them paint uh, part of Franklin Street, which is now got some upstream bike lane. Yeah. Meaning that the, you can go both directions while the traffic can only go one direction. I'm excited to ride in that when it is done. Yeah. Emily likes iced coffee, silly knock knock jokes, and allergy meds. Hmm. Jeff, there's a lot of these, Sam. We, we got a ways to go. <laughs> yeah. You staying hydrated Miles to over go there? Before we sleep. Oh, that's good. Um, Jeff likes live deep purple and rainbow videos. Now I've got a question. Mm hmm. Is this. Is this missing some commas? I think so. Let's. I'm gonna say just because Jeff's not here. No, it could be live deep purple videos and rainbow videos. Is rainbow a band? This next sentence clarifies a little bit. So basically, early speed metal with Richie Blackmore on guitar. So deep purple, I get. Is rainbow a band that I need to be into? Uh, it is a noun, an art of colors formed in the sky in oh. certain circumstances. Oh, that's very helpful, Sam. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, Ross K, who is not me. Yeah, that's why I added the K. Thank you. That yeah. would have been confusing. Uh, Ross K, I, I feel I feel violated in some way. <laughs> I don't know. I understand that other people can have the name Ross, but like I just can't say the name without sounding skeptical. <laughs> Ross K uh, likes trying a new tasty thing, Trader Joe's chili lime seasoning. You were just talking about that. Mm -hmm. And thank, oh, continuing, thanks for introducing it to me. Look at you, Sam. I know. I'm, I'm, thanks, thanks, Zach. Who introduced it to me. <laughs> you're, uh, you're like the John the Baptist of Trader Joe's chili lime seasoning. Wait, you're out there spreading the message, the word. Okay, I was preparing ask, the way for the chili lime. So the chili lime in the scenario is Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, Ross K also likes the weather this week. 
So do I. It was pretty nice. All Rosses agree. Two out of two Rosses. (laughs) 30 Rosses agree. (laughs) Bluffmaster likes that there are so many high-quality YouTube channels about people making stuff from metalwork to electronic music and more. YouTube's an amazing place if you... Let's just say YouTube's an amazing place sometimes. It can be an amazing place. Yeah. Zach likes rock climbing at the New Peak Experiences location. That place is pretty cool. We took a tour. Did you climb a rock? No. When we took a tour, it was not open yet. Oh. Uh, are you into climbing rocks, Sam? Not me personally, but I have family members who are. Cool. Scott likes that no matter how socially accessible language norms evolve, dinner waitresses... Diner. Dad, dang it. Diner waitresses will always call people darling, sweetie, and hun. I love when people do that. Mm-hmm. Um, what do I say? Adiabatic. <laughs> Is that good? <laughs> how would you say that? Adiabatic. A- That's pretty good. Adiabatic. Adiabatic. Sounds like I'm a pitcher. Hey, hey, diabetic. Um, I hope that's not offensive. Uh, anyway, they li- <laughs> they like 24 and 48 hour fast because they let me eat two fifths of a key lime pie every so often and still lose weight. I also like key lime pie. I like key lime pie. Key lime pie is so good. Mm-hmm. Jeff likes eggs over medium. Yes, yes, Jeff. Get on this train, rest of the world. Me yeah, and Jeff the best. are fans. The best thing is eggs over medium is defined as whatever you, uh, type of egg you like. <laughs> <laughs> basically wait 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 you're gonna have to say more about that uh that there's no like clear line when it stops being soft and starts oh there's a clear line oh tell me runny whites no one likes runny whites no one does yeah everyone likes runny yolks though yeah so if you combine those two factors you got over medium is that it over easy you got runny whites okay in my whole life until i was an adult I'd get over easy and be like, ugh, whites suck. I guess like there's just, I guess this is just how eggs are. And someone was like, why don't you just get them over medium? And I was like. But over medium is so hard, like in a place to get right. Like at a, if you're out like at a place where they're making you eggs. Oh yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. You you can say the words over medium. You may not be guaranteed over medium. Oh yeah. Depending on on your egg chef. What is, how do you make an over medium egg for yourself? For myself? Mm-hmm. I do. I have a, I had Sam, I have a very small cast iron pan, the size of an egg. Mm-hmm. And I heat that up, put a little oil in there. You were going to, what kind of oil? Uh, this is just like the um, spray, the spray. Pam? Yeah. A Pam-esque Kroger Kroger Ram Pam. It's called <laughs> Kroger Ram Pam. It's called like Sarah. Um, really? It's not. No. Um, it's, it's called Kim. Uh, and then so you crack it in there and you cook it for about two minutes until the whites have. Do sl- you cover it? No, no. And you cook it until the whites have started to solidify. And then you flip the egg, but you turn the heat off on the pan. Okay. And then you go get your plate and stuff ready. Do you do an aerial flip? Do you use a spatula? I use a fork usually. And you pull that off? It's a it's a small cast iron pan. And you got the Kim in there and it creates a nonstick surface. I'm impressed. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, I spent a lot of time developing my I, egg I figured. situation. Um, okay, cool. Uh, past tense likes... Tully, starring Charlize Theron, directed by Jason Reitman, out in a movie theaters now. Um, it's a bit like Mary Poppins for adults, but slightly horror-y. That sounds good. Yeah, it does. I feel like Past Tense typically makes good recommendations. Past Tense knows everything. Yeah. And then a final one, Sam. Alicia likes the Wayback Machine and using it to reread Dan's old blog posts. He even blogged about the day RV News was launched. And this is my friend Dan, who died last week. Um, it's really sad, and you can go read about it on the internet. His obituary came out today, which I couldn't read because it was too sad. Um, what's, but, his, what's his last name? Oh, Daniel Farrell. F-A-R-R-E-L-L. So you can Google that. So that was long. Yeah, people like things. What if we started a new podcast, splintered our podcasts, and just had the cool podcast of stuff other people like and the boring podcast of stuff? That was a hedge of stuff we like. No? No, I'm cutting that out. Okay. Too hedgy. 
Too hedgy. Too hedgy. So uh, it was a good list. It was a really good list, Sam. Mm-hmm. Thank you for everyone submitting amazing things. I feel like I learned 10 new things to like. I did too. I'm going to go try some of those things. So what uh, what is our episode number are we on? We're on 53, 53 Sam. 53. This is so your easy. Sam and Ross like things. Hi Ross. Hello Sam. So it's odd. Mm-hmm. And 53 is prime and it is not a Fibonacci number. You know the Fibonacci number is up to 53? Uh just odds are it's probably not. Just <laughs> If it's prime, it's not. <laughs> oh, true, true, true. That's not true. False, false, false. Who even knows? <laughs> Sam, it is your week. It's my week to go It's first. your week. And you're going to have to help me here. The thing you like this week. The composer. And I'm going to say it, and then you, we can go from there. Sure. Shostakovich. <laughs> <laughs> not Takovich. Not like of the food. It says it right there. Shostakovich. It's Shostakovich. Dimitri. Shostakovich. Dmitry Shostakovich. He is a... <laughs> Sorry. A Russian <laughs> composer. <laughs> yes. Huh, so if it's a, he's a classical style composer um, from the early early twentieth century in Soviet Russia. Early early twentieth century. So probably not still alive. No, he is not alive. Okay. Um, I really enjoy his music and his story. Uh, Ooh, tell me the story. I don't know all of it. I'm not his biographer, uh, but he was a composer, uh, wrote symphonies, um, and got kind of caught up in the whole, uh, basically, Stalin came to one of his symphonies and didn't like it. Whoa. And so he had a bag packed, like he was going to get killed. Uh, so the, he was writing, um, the time, his fifth symphony, which is one of my favorites. And he, from my understanding, was, was, uh, he, he was writing basically to save, writing music basically to save his life. Oh. Uh, and he wrote this symphony that everyone in the sort of the music scene loved and the last movement of it is this the fifth one you're talking about the last movement of the fifth symphony is this bombastic it's almost shrill like fanfare triumph over evil but the thing is like based on sort of later interviews like he basically wrote that mocking the regime and mocking stalin whoa but the regime loved it oh perfect (laughs) (laughs) So I'll give you homework to listen to Shostakovich's okay, yeah. Fifth Symphony, the Fourth Movement. But oh, yeah, and I, so can we put some of this in the yeah, same yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. We'll put it in the playlist, and you can just hear it. And I was thinking the other day of if he were alive today and living in the U.S., which is a lot of things to suppose, sure. but he's the type of person who could write a symphony about our current president, have it be our current president's favorite piece of music, <laughs> and have it be mocking him the entire time. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, if I so this is the fifth one. Um, yeah. Is there something I need to read? Can I read something to prep for so I get there's the a jokes? Wikipedia page. It's oh, not really jokes. It's I know, just, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Just so there's I get a things. Wikipedia page on this symphony. Okay, so read that first. I will read it first. And there is some controversy over was he mocking or was he capitulating, mm-hmm. and who said what when, and in that very Soviet era style of you can't be truthful, right? Was he kind of like, I don't know what the equivalent is, like the poet laureate in that sort of, like, was he writing music for the state? Well, everyone was. Okay. Okay. Like there were, uh, during that time, everyone was, if you were writing music, you were part of like the guild. Okay. The musicians guild. And if you got kicked out, you were kicked out. Right. But it was all. Kicked out of life. Right. So it was a nominally communist country. So the the veneer of the dictatorship was, we're going to, we have artists, right? We're going to support these artists. And so everyone was writing for the state because everybody owned everything. How did you get into this? 
composer? So uh, I was in high school. I was in marching band, and uh, our my second year we did a Shostakovich show. A whole a whole marching a whole marching band halftime show to Shostakovich. Whoa. Yeah. Is that normal for a marching band? Um, we had copied some <laughs> drum corps uh, that had done it, but it's fairly normal for marching okay. bands to play weird stuff during the halftime shows. Okay, cool. And so we did the uh, Fifth Symphony, that fourth movement. We did part of the 11th, which is uh, celebrating um, and mourning the failed revolution in 1905. <laughs> And we did um, one of my favorite tracks, which is called The Fire of Eternal Glory. And these are all from different symphonies? Uh, Fire of Eternal Glory is not from a symphony, but yeah, the rest of them. And then in Band Band, we played a few other Shostakovich things. Uh, Festive Overture, which is kind of this Olympian-style music. Are you the kind of person where you're... Like you did this, were they, okay, I have one question first. Were they sharing stuff between band and marching band? Is that the same teacher or director or whatever? Like, is Mm -hmm. there intentional collaboration between Shostakovich and each Shostakovich in each band? Uh, No. Okay. So are you, were you, are you the type of person that like seeks out more? Like you're like, oh, this is interesting. Did you go and like buy the album? after that and listen to more um well uh, some as you might know i at virginia tech was into russian studies mm-hmm. there and so i was listening to a fair amount of his his music uh, i didn't own a lot of the cds but i did acquire uh through t- through 2000 2000 2001 technology <laughs> A great deal of music it was the best of times it was the worst of times and i uh, would listen to it um and i actually got to visit his grave in moscow when i went there and College. Whoa. So, yeah. but this is all of like you weren't listening in college because it was homework for Russian studies. Right? No, it wasn't. Tell me why. Like, it, what what do you like about it? What is compelling about it? So imagine talk to me like I'm real dumb because I don't listen to a lot of classical music. So he did write some of the first um, movie scores Whoa. for Russian movies. Okay, do you know so which ones? I've got them. They're on Wikipedia, okay. and I haven't seen those movies, but I'd love to. So imagine. So this is a time before our main venue into sort of that orchestral style music was movie scores. Mm -hmm. So I put him in the same uh, place in my mind as John Williams, who I also love. Just being able to have just really expressive um, uh, moving music uh, mm-hmm. with and uh, again I haven't seen his films but if you just listen to the his symphonies it is powerful stuff and he did it without necessarily the background of you know of a moving picture in front of him yeah and like this is a time where you would go you, it, that's like you would just go listen yeah as entertainment right and people still do still that do so they still do that too. <laughs> Uh, but if you listen to his stuff, and I'll give you some homework, you will hear like it being very cinematic. Yeah. Before really cinema. Well, again, he did write movie scores, but yeah. This reminds me of Sam. I don't know anything about this kind of music, but um, who's the American composer who's like this? He wrote. <laughs> he wrote the uh, the the beef song. Copeland. Is that a person? Aaron Copeland. Yeah. Is that the same kind of vibe? Where I feel like that dude's music is ve- also very cinematic sounding um there are lots of different types of movies i'd say they're fairly different uh, shostakovich is 
more somber at times and more um so he's got the high contrast so the somber and then the celebratory so if you listen to festive overture you're gonna hear basically uh summon the heroes john williams style wow. and some of his other stuff you're going to hear um just real powerful sadness and mourning because lots of bad stuff happened in russia in the 30s and 40s yeah i'm excited to listen to this do you, have you branched out and like did this lead to other russian composers or other, other... i dabble mm-hmm. uh of course tchaikovsky is there but uh primarily shostakovich would be are the they composer. I don't, again sam i'm stupid and i don't understand are they are those two folks tchaikovsky are they contemporaries or not no Separated no, by not. hundreds of years? No. Fifties of History's years. not that long. <laughs> How many years are they separated by? <laughs> uh, I'm Who not cares? Wikipedia, but I don't know. Okay. But not contemporaries. They might have had some overlap. Sure, sure, sure. But they were not. Okay. I don't think so. Um, I could be wrong because I'm not Wikipedia. I wish you were. Um, <laughs> is this a good headphone? You get your good headphones yeah, on Yeah, I get my good headphones on. Especially Fire of Eternal Glory, which is also called the Novosirabrisk Chimes. What does that mean? It's the name of a city. Oh, that whole thing was the name of a city? Novosirabrisk is a city okay. and chimes are Chim- chimes okay and that plays 24 hours a day there at one of their memorials whoa yeah or it did at one point that's cool <laughs> yeah so good headphones it's yeah. like a and this is and that song we played in cla- like in clarinet choir in high school and it will collapse me into a ball of emotion every time i hear it and i'll listen to it on repeat and every time it's like ah. does this does, is it the emotions from the time or just no the music is just powerful Whoa. it just cuts into that part of your brain that's just like wired for a mo- for a mo- that sounds awesome i'll make you listen to it um what else tell me so tell me um the the two you've mentioned about like three or four maybe five yeah i'll pieces. put it in the in the show notes but i'd start that fourth movement of the fifth symphony i'd do festive overture and i'd listen to uh fire of eternal glory slash nova chimes and if you like those three things listen to more of it listen to all of the fifth symphony go do to the you 11th. see a change this is a thing i'm fascinated with musicians is can do you list can you see a change in their in their work from the beginning to the later parts uh i can somewhat i'm not uh the music people can hear yeah i don't care about the music it. people i just mean you. i can hear some of it and you can definitely hear a difference between the fourth and the fifth mm-hmm. where he's getting he fourth he's like a little more out there and then the fifth he's writing to not die yeah whoa so interesting okay so ross's homework is to read the wikipedia about the fifth listen to the fifth and then listen to the other stuff mm-hmm. okay i can do that what else did i miss anything else no we're good that was good sam thanks ross i like expanding my horizon me too all right, Ross. Yes. We're in the middle of a season, a season that you like. And that season is not spring, not that you dislike spring. I like spring a lot, though. You, we are in the middle of budget season. Yeah, city, Richmond City Council budget season is ongoing. <laughs> Tell me about it's this. It's the most boring thing. Guys, we got a long stretch of boring, cool stuff on the Ross portion of this podcast here. Um, but yeah, budget season means Richmond City Council has to pass the city's budget sometime between they start around january and they work furiously until it's got to be done by may 31st or i think it's a violation of a state law so they'd have to like i don't know what the state would do okay penalize us somehow sure (laughs) um i guess they could like i don't yeah i have no idea what happens but yeah the state law is the may 31st so we're coming up on the end here um and it's been an arduous budget season sam but dang i love this thing it is a thing that i look to with unironic excitement 
every year. Okay, tell me more about what you look forward to. So the process that our particular city council goes through is different, I think, than especially our regional jurisdictional, like our neighbors. Um, it's very in the open. And I don't know what, if that's a result of just how our form of government is set up. I don't know if it's a result of we have nine city council people, which is a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um and I think there's some interesting public meeting stuff where if you have three of them in a room together, it's a public meeting. Yep. So if you only have five total folks, it's easy to grab a meeting with like four other people. Like that's a reasonable number of meetings mm-hmm. to get. But like if you're tra- trying to grab a meeting with eight other people, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of the, instead of having those like secret meetings, you're just doing it, doing it live as they yeah, say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it makes for this really compelling, I think, theater, political theater of just like, What's important to the city to spend money on? Who can make a good pitch to the city council about why they should keep their funding or lose their funding? And it all plays out over these like epically long meetings that are like four, five, six, seven hours long wow. over the course of many months. Wow. Yeah. So when you say people making a pitch, is it Ross coming in and saying, hey, can I have some money for my bike? my bike yeah sometimes um oh really there are just well so there's cities have departments right Uh so like the the library guy who's amazing like richmond's library guy is awesome and he's so good at this he'll come in front of them and be like here's my light here's my budget uh here's what i'm spending money on uh and he'll give like a little pitch and then they'll ask him questions and some of the city council folks are like agents of chaos and I feel like they're really good at spotting like a chink in your armor of where they can like exploit to make you feel uncomfortable, have to answer a, 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 like a, a terrifying question. Library guy, amazing. Defends, he's amazing on the, get on the offense, deflects all the questions, does amazing stuff. He gets all his funding, right? Okay. And that's, and some departments are good at that. Some departments are bad at that. There's a whole nother section of the budget called the non-departmental budget. Which is like if Ross's bike was a nonprofit, it is those folks. Being it has like, to be a nonprofit. Yeah, I think so. Okay, but it is like local, small to medium to large nonprofits from around town will often be called in front of the thing, the city council, and be like, "Why are we giving you a hundred thousand dollars this year?" And they have to answer those questions. And it's fascinating because uh, some people are really good at that. Yeah. And you have to think like the impact you, your department, or your nonprofit has on the city is not directly related to your skill at like dissertation defense right right right. (laughs) but it kind of is it it comes down to that sometimes where like oh man shouldn't have sent that person to like defend your funding because they didn't do a great job and now you lost twenty five thousand dollars or whatever does that happen uh it's so many hours that it's hard to connect those dots directly but yeah like if you do a poor defense uh it comes like the that you did a poor job doesn't come back up but like it will come back up of like ah I don't know. Do we really need health and human services to have all that money? Seems like they could just do a better job with less. And like, it's certainly related okay. to, to, to your ability to do gotcha. Uh How many years have you been listening to The Boring Show? Yeah, to clarify. So what I do as a service to the city, because I'm a boring person, is I take the city releases the audio of all these meetings. Hours, right? Hours. But the audio is in the format of a video. <laughs> with, just a, with just a black screen how big is it so they're gigs they're like a gig and a half two gigs big because it's like seven hour video and so the only way for you to listen to it is to open in a web browser and play the black screen video for seven hours so what i do is i download that and then i convert it to an mp3 and publish it as a podcast um this is my service to you uh but 
I've been doing that, I think, for two to three years. And I think I've been listening to it for three to four years. Um, and I think after the first year, I was like, this is terrible. Like, some, there has to be a better way. Uh, yeah, and it is, it is, it takes up a lot of my my commute time mm-hmm. in the spring. But, like, phew, I look forward to it every year. What has surprised you? I think because there are these, like, so long and tedious meetings, the like politicians veneer starts to like wear away oh yeah <laughs> because like you can't be... they start getting real they yeah. stop being polite it is exactly that and um yeah you you know budget meeting one is like week one of the real world right everyone's yeah. like going to the we're going to the fish market and in Seattle together because we're friends and we're pals. But then by like week three or four or five, everyone is just tired of it. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, you get to you get to hear. But they're not the, paid full time. No, they're part time. To part-time. sit in twelve I, hour meetings. I don't know how they do it, dude. Because these are you're spending a part time job just in two meetings a week, but for months. So I don't know how that works out. But yeah, they're paid like twenty grand or whatever. Um, but yeah, so that's surprising to hear them. It's it's instructional, right? Yeah. Um, especially for my job, which my job is like a little bit of policy advocacy and education and organize. If I have to go and educate a council person about just how a bus works or whatever, it's super useful to understand how they think about the world. Sure. Right? Have you had any laugh out loud moments? I've had, yes, yeah. When people get really frustrated and they are exasperated and just say exasperated things, it's very funny. Um, it's I've had gasp moments more. Where Tell like, me about the gasp like, moments. Just like those agents of chaos like I was talking about. Like when someone, when you can, because you're listening to the pitch too. Like you're like whoever's department is up there pitching and you're in your mind, you know, that's like a, that's a weak, that's weak, man. Like, <laughs> and then the person, and then a city council person will just be like, I don't believe you. Tell me why, like you you're telling me you spent a hundred thousand dollars on whatever thing that should have cost five hundred dollars and it it makes me go it makes me feel that like uh sympathetic response yeah yeah and i'm like oh gosh that makes me feel so awkward uh, <laughs> that happened that happens kind of frequently um especially with our current council who is filled with chaos makers i think okay Yes. Uh, how is our current city council different to listen to during budget season than the previous one? Yes, yeah, so we have an like we have an interesting mix now, and they're all pretty new still. This is their this is their second. They've completed one full year of office, but this is the first budget process that they've shepherded through in its entirety. Last season, they came in, they were elected January first or whenever they take office in January, but like immediately had to jump into budget. So like they kind of were like halfway through at that point. Um, This year, there are fewer people who are interested in budgetary details um, on council than in previous years. There are more people interested in, I think, what would the, I guess like political wins. I don't know if that's really the right thing, but I think they, there are more people on council that want to be on the record as saying like a thing that, that is on brand for them. Okay. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, and it's weird though, because there's seven hour meetings. So like, it's kind of like, oftentimes there's just the reporter in the room. And so like, I mean, you're posturing for literally one dude who like may or may <laughs> not get your quote, but you can tell, I mean, you can totally tell when someone drops a sweet print worthy quote, it always ends up in the paper. Right. Right. So like, they're always there, always thinking of like, how can I say a sweet quote to get it in the paper? Um, yeah, that's definitely something that goes on. What do you do when it's June? Then I'm sad. I mean, then it's like, well, I mean, it, in a Sam, in the best case, in the best world, budget season would be just one season, right? And right. then we'd move on to like policy season, which ostensibly would be more interesting, right? Um, but it doesn't work that way for some reason. Budget season condenses so much 
of cross city stuff. It's like really rare where you can learn a million things about the entirety of the city over the course of three months. And then everything is just kind of dilute and you might have some hot spots throughout the rest of the mo- year, but like there's nothing like it. And so we can get excited for like little things along the way until next January, but like, I don't know, nothing. Like after June, we, we celebrate that we have a budget <laughs> and then we like start waiting <laughs> until they, until the next time, you know? Okay. It really is a special part of the calendar and just a small tangent sam i think that a weird thing happens because they are part-time like you said Mm -hmm. where i think they don't have enough time to really like focus on policy throughout the rest of the year and so you can hear a bubble up in the budget session when someone will be like hey i want five hundred thousand dollars for this council will be like wait a second why does it work that way why do you need five hundred thousand dollars wouldn't it be easier if we just changed the law so it was like this and so you can hear in their hearts that they want to do policy but like i think because they're forced to do budget by state law that stuff bubbles up a little bit but then throughout the rest of the year and they don't really get to it um which i think like your good point of maybe they should just be full-time folks so we can have that yeah i know but you were like aren't they just part-time yeah um implying that wouldn't it be cool i'll say that i think they should get paid (laughs) full-time yeah and if they were full-time i think we could have a policy season you know then it wouldn't uh attract a certain um type our current city council system with part-time people attracts candidates who can who have jobs yes or or funds that would allow them to take an eight-hour meeting during the workday. Or two in one week. Right. Two eight-hour meetings in one week. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it, it precludes almost everyone from taking a job, yeah. which is really sad. Really, really sad. Um, but it is exciting to listen to. And like one final thing, unless you have more questions, but like I have this amazing, just because I listened to the whole thing, like there's stuff, Sam, that goes on that's mind blowing. Yeah. And like nobody knows. It just happens in this like vacuum of a room and like nobody knows about it. And like we don't have to talk about specifics. It's boring or whatever. But like, Edge. I think, I think that, I think that citizens would be surprised um, at, one example. Can I do one example? Yes, please. One example, Sam, is that we just recently passed a meals tax for schools. Took It took a small number of weeks leading up to it, but then it was intensely emotional to pass a tax, right? Mm-hmm. And then almost immediately after that, there was an effort to pass a cigarette tax also for schools. Also intensely emotional, right? Mm-hmm. That failed. But in this budget session, they raised the vehicle tax. So we only have like 10 taxes the city of Richmond can raise to fund things. Meals tax is one, cigarette tax is one, vehicle tax is another. They raised the vehicle tax by $7 over the course of six minutes. Six minutes, done. No public comment. No one was enraged. There were no anti-tax people there. It just happened in six minutes. And it's like, what? And so <laughs> I'm not saying that's good or bad or whatever, right. but it's just fascinating that, that- That no one was there. No one was there. And like all, like half the people that got up and spoke against both those two taxes I just mentioned were like, we can't have new taxes. What are we doing with these new taxes? I like, can't have any new taxes. And then boom, we just did one <laughs> like this. No one cared. It's, it's, so that's stuff like that's really, really interesting to me. Um, and I think if we all, if we could somehow like download it to our brains without having to spend hours and hours, we'd be better off. Thanks, Ron. Can I give you one postscript? Yeah. I've been talking forever. One postscript. Um, Marco Armin's podcast player, Overcast, yeah. is amazing for this thing because not only can you do like the normal, like speed it up to 2x, but you can do what he calls smart, smart speed. Yes, yeah, smart speed. So it cuts out the silence, which admittedly does change a little bit of the tone because there are some like pregnant pauses that you lose. Sure. But like you can take an eight hour meeting down to a three hour podcast if you Whoa. speed it up enough and get rid of the silences. Um, that's the only way to live. Like you couldn't do it any other way. No, you couldn't. Anyway. 
Woo! I got excited about that, Sam. (laughs) Ross? Yes. Can we do some quick hits? Yeah, I have one that's not on the list, but you go first. Quick hits! Quick hits! Okay. I have two on the list. Yes. First is, there's a service from the United States Postal Service called Informed Delivery. Mm. Is that like the delivery man comes to you and he just, he is Wikipedia. He knows all sorts of facts. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. No, <laughs> it is, uh, you sign up with your address and your email and they'll send you a card in the mail with a special code. And then every day to your email, you will get scans of the front of the mail that is going to be delivered to your house. Whoa, what? Yeah, so say you're going to get a flyer from Kroger. Well, that's a bad example because that goes to everybody. But if it's addressed to you, mm-hmm. not just postal customer, yeah. you'll get to see the front of the envelope and an email to you, scanned. Tell me how you use this. Uh, every morning I get an email <laughs> with the mail and it shows me what I'm going to get. Oh, that letters coming have you ever been has your have you ever been like keep an eye out the the (laughs) so uh so i recall a certain person in this room had a problem with mail delivery at one point in his life gosh don't get me started so this would allow you to see what came and what didn't but it is just super nice to you wouldn't think but to 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 have that mail come and they have rolled that service out for p.o boxes as well oh that would be useful for me Mm mm-hmm so okay. you see what goes in the box. Also, the reason I came across this service, which is useful and I and I enjoy it, is I read about it like on security forum type thing where it surprisingly lacks security to uh, someone could pretty easily impersonate you and get emails of all the front of all of your mail. Mm. But you can only have one person per per name and oh. address. So, so you've gotten your name. I've gotten my name and my wife has gotten her name. Oh, okay. So it's like when... So you, you should proactive... Everyone should proactively do this whether or not they actually want to use the service just so that no one can can hijack hijack your mail. Just like when like there's a new social media network and mm-hmm. you got to go get your yeah, name. You got to get your name. Okay, great. Um, I Sam, I had... My bike is sitting over here. I and see it's it. One of my like primes. Yeah. And... Uh, I thought I would be a super smart genius and replace the chain. The chain had gotten squeaky and old. And I was like, guess what? I'm going to replace the chain like a man who knows the names of all the tools. Yeah. Did you use the chain chain miser? I Dude, I chain mized it so good. <laughs> and I put it back on there and, the, and then I made it worse, turns out. I mized it too hard. <laughs> too hard. So uh, my, my quick hit is I took this bike to balance... To a professional. To a professional. Balance bikes in Richmond, Virginia. And one, they didn't treat me like a moron, which was outstanding. Yeah. And two, they fixed my bike and it's great now. Oh, awesome. So I am like back at it smooth sailing night winging it on in the through the neighborhoods it's great i'll check it out yeah and i've got one more cricket which is uh my wife took me to a concert uh you guys have been doing this a lot i know uh at the national and this is a guy called todrick hall oh who is a very popular uh pop singer uh he has primarily a youtube following uh he is doing all his own tour he's not signed up to a label Whoa, and he's cool. just got really great music he was on american idol he was on rupaul's drag race he's this this amazing gay black man who puts on an awesome show like it's pop music it's the it's musical theater oh, it sounds fun rap it's just 
good. And so I went into this concert cold. I know you don't like live music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I went into it intentionally cold, like not knowing it. And it blew me away. It was great. So That's awesome. check him out on the YouTubes. Can you, Sam, send me... Wait, does he have... So is there an album? Like, could I Apple Music this? or is Yeah, it there, I'll put it on Apple Music. He's got a couple albums uh one he wrote his own adaptation of the wizard of oz and the most recent one all of his albums are also like video albums so you can watch videos and brandy was in one whoa brandy all right uh you might have found him he was he first one of his first sort of famous things was he there was this video of the guy who like sings his mcdonald's drive-through order sounds vaguely familiar yeah but that was one of the things that started getting him his following okay cool you'll put it in the thing and we'll yeah. all be the wiser yeah um that's not a saying all right we did it sam <sighs> we did it that was 53 epic. episodes epic. this is an epic episode the thing. primest number episode that ever existed i hope it's a prime number <laughs> <laughs> ross yeah if someone wanted to send a postcard to my p.o box which i I would then bring to the show and not leave on my nightstand. Would you get a notification with the scan front of your email? I would. Or front of your, okay. Um, You could send that postcard or letter or really any sort of mail correspondence that's legal to send through the U.S. Postal Service. Um, I would prefer you not send, like, poop. You can't do that unless you sterilize it. Yeah, but Cards Against Humanity sent. Yeah, but if sterilized poop, you'd be fine with, right? No? No. Still no? Like, don't, don't. (laughs) Don't send things to mock me. <laughs> <laughs> no one would do that, Sam. Right. Um, you can send other things <laughs> to Sam and Ross like things, care of Sam Davies, that's S-A-M-D-A-V-I-E-S, at P.O. Box 25914, Richmond, Virginia, 23260-5914. Uh, Ross, where can we find you on the internet? Ross Cato on all the things. That's R-O-S-S-C-A-T-R-O-W. On all the things, mostly Twitter these days. Yeah. So I feel that. I feel at home there. Yeah. What about you, Sam? I'm at Mr. Beefy on Twitter and on the micro dot blog. I'm still doing that. That's pretty fun. How do I, can you give me the URL or what do I type into my thing to get to that? Uh, Mr. Beefy dot micro dot blog. Thank you. All right. Oh. Uh, uh, and show notes. We have them. They are in your podcast player of choice. Yeah. And they are also on the web at our web zone, https colon slash slash samandrosslikethings.com, right at the top. Thanks to Matt Fisher for our music. It sounds amazing. Yep. He has a podcast called Smark of the Beast, which you should check out. Smark of the Beast. Smark of the Beast. Brian Michael Bendis. All right, Sam. All right, Ross. See you in a fortnight. Bye.